This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're about to get into another offensive coordinator breakdown. This time we will be looking at two assistants from the Philadelphia Eagles offense, Kevin Petullo, the Eagles pass game coordinator, and Brian Johnson, the Eagles quarterback's coach. Petullo has already been interviewed by the Jets per Tom Pelissero, and as of this recording on Sunday morning, Brian Johnson has not yet interviewed with the Jets, but he has been brought up by Ian Rappaport as a potential option. Now, before we hop into it, I wanted to let you guys know that we recorded our interview with Eagles film expert Shane Half before it was reported that Petullo had interviewed with the Jets, so our interview focuses on Brian Johnson and does not include any discussion about Petullo. However, we do discuss plenty about the Eagles offensive scheme and all that should still very much apply to Petullo. So that should still give you plenty of information on what Petullo's offense might look like if he came to the Jets. Uh, Before we hop into it, since we did not discuss Petullo in the interview, I figured I would give you guys a brief overview on him. Uh, As I said, he's the Eagles passing game coordinator. He was hired to that role in 2021. Uh, If the name sounds familiar, that's because he was the Jets quarterbacks coach from 2015 to 2016. Obviously, those are the two years during which Ryan Fitzpatrick was here as the Jets quarterback. Of course, Geno Smith, Christian Hackenberg, and Bryce Petty were also around during that time. In 2017, Petullo became the senior offensive analyst for Texas A&M, and then he spent three seasons with the Colts from 2018 to 2020, working under Nick Sirianni, who was the Colts offensive coordinator. For the first two of those years, Petullo was the Colts wide receivers coach, and in 2020, he was their pass game specialist. After that, he followed Sirianni to Philly and became the Eagles pass game coordinator, which is the role he's held the past two years. Uh, so there's a brief overview of Petullo, who has already interviewed with the Jets for their offensive coordinator position. Like I said, we do not discuss him specifically in the interview coming up, but we do discuss the Eagles offensive scheme in great detail. So that should give you plenty of info on what Petullo might bring over to the Jets if he is indeed hired. So without further ado, let's get into our interview with Shane Half discussing Eagles quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson. And welcome back to the Cooler Jets podcast. We host Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Michael, we're back with another offensive coordinator candidate, this time taking a look at Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And like we do with all these offensive coordinator candidate pods, we bring in somebody who knows a hell of a lot more about these candidates than we do. And that brings us to Shane Half, who's a content creator for BGN and TPL. He's the host of the Chalk Talk podcast. He has a YouTube channel, which is Shane Half NFL. And you can follow him on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. Spelling there's a little interesting, Shane. So it's, but it's H A F F 
Um, just want to make sure everybody gets it right. Uh, with yeah, that I've, being I've, said, oh, yeah, I've go got ahead. a fun, I've got a fun last name, and I thought I was really clever when I came up with that as a gamer <laughs> tag in college, and then it just stuck for everything online. So. Most people that just hear on an audio format, they probably try to look me up and they can't even find me. That that has been an issue. I, I've we've had a lot of guys like that where it's like, wait, what was their Twitter again? We'll make sure to tweet it out. We'll put it out there. I made I made my PSN uh, when I was like twelve, and I made it Benny the NY Jet, but then I didn't capitalize the Y, so it just looks like like Benny the Nijet. So nobody gets it. <laughs> I, I and I haven't changed it, so I, I feel you on that. Um, all right. Well, Shane, you're here to talk about Brian Johnson. I think a lot of Jets fans didn't even know who this guy was until a few days ago. Um, so our, I guess our first question to you is, who is Brian Johnson? <laughs> Why is Brian Johnson? Yeah, so he's the Eagles quarterback coach. And I would hazard a guess that when the season started, most Eagles fans didn't know who Brian Johnson was. Um, he's been the Eagles quarterback coach. This is his second year. So he came on in 2021. Uh, obviously his second season this year and Jalen Hurts has taken a huge leap. Uh, prior to that, that's his only NFL experience beyond, you know, being a UDFA and kind of bouncing around a little bit out of the draft. Uh, he played his college ball at Utah as a quarterback. Obviously he had a 26 and seven record as a starter and he is actually still the all time leader for completed passes at Utah. So he had, you know, somewhat of a good college career Went undrafted. Like I said, um, he spent 11 years bouncing around the college ranks as a QB coach. He started at Utah and he's been a few places. Uh, he called plays at four different or four different seasons. Uh, most recently in 2020 at Florida, where, uh, he worked with Kyle Trask, who ult ultimately got drafted by the Buccaneers in the second round. I think that was a year or two years ago. Uh, but in that 2020 season, they led the NCAA in passing yards per game at 378 and I mean, Kyle Trask wasn't a great prospect, and he had some tools, but Johnson ultimately got a lot out of him, I think, more than the Bucks probably will at the NFL level. So he got hired to be the Eagles QB coach off of that season. Like I said, he's in his second year. There's a big connection to the Hurts family. Uh, he's a longtime friend of the Hurts family. He actually played for Jalen's dad uh, when, when he was like in prep academy stuff coming up. So there's some connection there. Uh, he's, he's not the most experienced candidate, you know, but Andy Reid, as Eagles fans famously know, made the leap from a QB coach to a head coach. So going from two seasons as a QB coach in the NFL to an offensive coordinator uh, slash play caller, which would be a huge thing for the Jets. Obviously, Robert Sala is a defensive minded head coach. So that OC hire is huge. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of experience there, but you know, I would be optimistic. He just done a great job with Hertz and the offense here. Yeah, I was looking at his resume and I was like, wait, he's a Pac-12 quarterback who got drafted to a New York team in 2009. He sounds a lot like Mark Sanchez, except he got drafted to the New York Sentinels, so slightly yeah. different. Um, do you know how, how the Eagles came to, to hire him? I mean, it sounds like the, the close connection with Hertz was kind of the driving factor there, and, and we have some questions that we'll get to later on, but it seems like that relationship is really the, the, his strongest ties uh, to the NFL. Yeah, I think that's probably why he came onto the Eagles' radar. I mean, obviously, he did a really good job at Florida in 2020, but it was the first year in like four years he'd been an offensive play caller. And it's, I wouldn't say it's rare to take that leap to the NFL from that, but it, he wouldn't have been like the hottest name coming off of 2020. So I'm sure the Hertz connection ha had a lot to do with that. The Eagles really wanted to give it a go this year. They, they were famously hedging their bets on Hertz this off season, but they wanted to give it a good go with, with a guy Hertz was familiar with. And so I think they brought him in and it's paid off dividends over this season. 
Yeah, and looking at Hertz specifically, obviously he's had a tremendous breakout season, MVP candidate. He's been effective both through the air and on the ground. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So looking at him compared to last year and some of the strides he's made, what would you say are some of the biggest areas of growth you've seen from Hertz and how much of that do you contribute uh, to coaching? His so a few big leaps he's made. One is his pocket presence. Uh, now Jalen Hurts is never going to have like an elite Tom Brady type pocket presence, and mobile quarterbacks are often not going to have that. They're going to be a little quicker to bail from pockets because they know they can make plays with their legs. But last season he was very much a first read and run sort of quarterback, and there's been instances this year of him getting to the backside of progressions. Uh, scrambling from the pocket but keeping his eyes downfield and finding receivers instead of tucking and running so uh, his pocket presence has been huge and then his ball placement I think has taken pretty big strides he he always threw with anticipation the Eagles really liked you know those outbreaking routes especially to their tight end Dallas Goddard that was sort of the bread and butter in 2021 uh, he, he's always thrown good with anticipation but I think his ball placement has really taken a step forward this year and He's put in a lot of work in the offseason. It's it's not normal for a quarterback to make the leap that Hurts made this year. You, know, you got the Josh Allen making his huge leap. Jalen Hurts has made a huge leap. But that's not necessarily normal. And uh, What part of it is attributed to Brian Johnson You know, with the work he does in season? What's tr- attributed to Quincy Avery, who I know he works with in the offseason, is obviously a big part. Your mechanics and things like that is really for the offseason. You don't get to work on that a lot in the season. So... I think a lot of that growth has come in his offseason work and then a lot of probably the the mental aspect and the execution has come in season under Brian Johnson. Now, Johnson's a guy who I've seen his name floated out uh, quite a bit over the last few weeks in terms of, you know, obviously the Jets are interested in him. Some other teams are interested in him. And then even the Eagles could maybe promote him to offensive coordinator. When you take a look at the landscape for Brian Johnson, I mean, does it make sense for him to go somewhere new where he doesn't have ties? I mean, Joe, Joe Douglas, the Jets GM, was in Philadelphia for a while but didn't overlap at all with Brian Johnson. I mean, do you think that this is all kind of a, a moot point in talking about a, a rising star in Brian Johnson taking on a, a, you know, let's just be honest, a tough job at the New York Jets? It's not to say they don't have talent, but it's a daunting task to go be uh, a first-time NFL OC in New York City. Yeah, and – probably i don't know what the jets are going to do at quarterback but probably making a move maybe for a rookie quarterback probably. or or for a vet at, probably a vet yeah yeah but so that's a little bit of an unknown and there's a little bit of a factor with these guys especially that are rising so quickly of picking the right spot and i think brian johnson would probably like that spot to be the eagles because he knows the system he knows it's a talented offense he know he's comfortable with jalen hurts it's not starting over that's all reliant on offensive coordinator Shane Steichen taking a job, though. And I think that Shane Steichen's going to get a job. It just all comes down to timeline. Is Brian Johnson going to be willing to wait that out uh, if the job offer doesn't come soon for Steichen, which it obviously can't come before the playoffs are over? So I think the longer the playoffs go, the more likely it would be that Johnson would get some play, some major play to go be an OC somewhere else. Yeah, and then when you look at, at Johnson's resume, obviously that – uh, that 2020 season in Florida really does stand out because of the numbers that he was putting up with Kyle Trask. I mean, yeah, he had Damian Pierce and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, so it wasn't like he was lacking talent. Um, but when he gets to Philadelphia, it, it's obviously and it's tough for, for you to say like how much if he becomes an NFL OC is he going to take 
um, from the current Philadelphia offense? How much does it change depending on the personnel that he has? Obviously, Jalen Hurts is a unique type of quarterback. But um, in your educated opinion, do you think that if he becomes the OC in a, in a different situation than Philadelphia, do you think he'll try to, to take a lot of the concepts that he's um, you know, worked on over the last two years with, with Steichen and, uh, and Nick Sirianni? I think so. A lot of it would depend on the quarterback that's there, though. The The Eagles' offense is very, very simple. Uh, they call from a very small menu of concepts, which we're going to see if that becomes a problem in the playoffs. It, it was fine during the regular season, but they run a lot of you know the RPO game, the quarterback running game. And when you talk about passing concepts, they pretty much run uh, slant flat, they run sail, they run verticals, they run dagger mesh. Five concepts. That's about all that they run. And so there's been instances this season, notably for the Eagles, the Colts game, the Colts defensive backs were calling out routes. Marshawn Lattimore in the Saints game was calling out routes. And uh, the Eagles philosophy had just been, our team is better than yours. And so we're going to out execute you with a pretty small, small menu of concepts. I, I think that needs to expand uh, moving forward, whether he stays in Philadelphia, it's got to move. They've got to progress next year in that area, or if he goes somewhere else, especially if he's not working with, the weapons that he has in Philadelphia, if he's not working with a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts, that menu's got to expand a lot. And so, I mean, I think those would be in there. Those are kind of staples of any NFL offense. But if he became the Jets offensive coordinator, I would expect a much more wide open offense next season. Yeah. So, and you mentioned a few of the go-to concepts in their passing game that they use. And like you said, those are some common things that we'll see in just about any NFL offense, but um, in addition to those, and just looking at the Eagles passing game as a whole, how would you describe it? And what aspects of that could you see um, Johnson bringing over to a new team if he became their offensive coordinator? Yeah, um, so, man, so much depends on where they go at quarterback. If right. you were to bring in a vet, like, and I don't know what the, I don't know what the Jets talk has been about quarterback, but the big names that are out there, obviously, Tom Brady is floating around, Um Derek Probably Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. Derek Carr yeah, is floating that's, that's around. The guy, yeah. Although yeah. I've got Derek Carr pegged to be an Indianapolis Colt. Nobody loves nobody loves to retread quarterbacks like Chris Ballard. Um, that's true. Even to the, the one that I've heard that I really, really am intrigued by, which is the Lamar Jackson thing. Lamar Jackson, there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen this offseason. Uh, I don't think he's going to work out a contract. I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay him what they what he thinks he's worth and I don't think he's going to play on a franchise tag so to be honest I'm all in on like the Lamar Jackson to the Jets you brought in Lamar Jackson if uh, Lamar Jackson becomes a Jet could you see Brian Johnson being the perfect OC for that yeah absolutely I think that would be a perfect pairing because Lamar Jackson I I would say Jalen Hurts is the second best runner in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson Uh, now Jalen's a little better between the tackles he's a little sturdier Jackson's a little more elusive but so chain you wouldn't run maybe a QB power game as much like the Eagles do but getting Jackson out on the edge running those sorts of concepts and I mean the Eagles they're not excuse me not the Eagles the Jets offense it's in a good place Garrett Wilson looked good um they've got some options Brees Hall obviously played really well my fantasy team was devastated when (laughs) Brees Hall got injured uh but the makings are there for a really good offense, a really good team. I mean, to be honest, the Jets were a quarterback away from making a run. Now, how far would you get in a loaded AFC? I don't know. But they were a quarterback away from 
being a really intriguing team this postseason. So if you bring in an offensive coordinator and a competent quarterback, much less a superstar like Lamar Jackson, I think the Jets could take a leap next year, and it'd be really exciting to watch Johnson get the chance to coordinate that offense. Yeah, it didn't really occur to me until we just talked about it, but the the Brian Johnson, Lamar Jackson parent, I mean, maybe this is a pipe dream, but you know it's January and the Jets are out of the playoffs, so we, we get to have them right now. Um, that That's an exciting pairing. And I think the other thing that was intriguing to me about Brian Johnson is when I think of the Philadelphia Eagles, I think of a good offensive line. I think mm-hmm. of, of the guys they have up front and the coaching that they've had from that spot over the last few years. How do you feel? I mean, if, if the Jets were to bring in a guy like Brian Johnson, I feel like uh, potentially um, he would be maybe interested in bringing in uh, an offensive line coach either from the Eagles or maybe to run similar concepts um, that the Eagles run. How would you describe kind of what the Eagles do um, in the trenches? Because that's just so important for the Jets. And, and I, you know Robert Sala, that's, you know, when he talks about his philosophy having to match up with this offensive coordinator, um, that's the number one thing is is the trenches. And, and obviously they've got on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side has been hit or miss this season. So uh, what do the Eagles do up front that, that makes them so special outside of the talent that they have? Yeah, uh, a lot of it, they, they do a really good job developing that talent. Jeff Stoutland, uh, he's a hero in Philadelphia. I don't know if anybody outside of Philadelphia knows his name, uh, but He's the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach for the Eagles. And I mean, you look at what the Eagles did drafting Jordan Mailata in the seventh round, a rugby player from Australia that had never played football before. And now he's a starting left tackle a couple years later. And he did have a little bit of a down year this year, but he still has played at a really good level. And the Eagles have always prioritized building through the trenches. It's caused a lot of ire amongst Eagles fans, to be honest, like, Last year, they spend their second-round pick on a center that didn't play at all this year because they think Jason Kelsey is going to retire in a year or two. And they're just constantly investing at the offensive line position, and they do a really good job developing that talent. Um, they really like elite athletes. You know, Jason Kelsey runs. They like to get him out. Lane Johnson, the right tackle, they like to get him out in space. And their left tackle, too, Jordan Mailata, they love to get these guys out in space. And so... Obviously, they do the zone read stuff, but in the running game, what I like best is they do a really good job with like their pin-pull game where they're uh, getting these offensive linemen out in space to destroy linebackers and safeties at the second level. And So I, I don't know how much of that is Brian Johnson influenced and how much of it is Jeff Stoutland influenced, but the Eagles like to take elite movers uh, in the trenches. And Robert Sala seems like the kind of guy that would like to build through the trenches and you know, obviously, Makai Becton thing didn't work out for the Jets super well, and then he ends up so far, injured. so far, so far, so far. <laughs> he ends up injured this year, which is kind of devastating when you're trying to come back and kind of get that fresh start. So uh, they've had poor luck, I would say. And so much of the draft, we don't like to admit it, but so much of draft and development, it comes down to luck as well. Everybody's right. got big misses in the draft, and um, you know the Eagles have drafted well in the last year or two, but. It's not that long ago they drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. So there's a little bit of luck that comes into that. Yeah, Andre, you know, to be fair, and this isn't an Eagles podcast, but I think Andre Dillard's going to go be a fine left tackle somewhere next year. I think think his problem and the reason he's going to be remembered poorly is the game they tried to switch him to right tackle and it was a disaster. And then the fact that Jordan Mailata just came out of nowhere. Like in a world where Jordan Mailata doesn't exist, I think Dillard is a fine starting left tackle. Uh, he's an above a replacement level starter, I think. Uh, 
Maybe the Jets should go look at him. I yeah, don't know. He's going to be a free agent this year. I can't imagine him coming back to Philadelphia. And I do think he'll be fine somewhere next year. We've talked plenty about him. I feel like, um, was it last year's trade deadline he might have been talked yeah. about? Jets fans are kind of talking about going after him. Jets definitely have O-line moves coming up this offseason, so something to keep in mind. And I, I believe Joe Douglas was still with the Eagles when Dillard was drafted. Yeah, he was. He was, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and what you were just talking about, the run game, hearing you talk about the pin and pull game, I would love to see more of that from the Jets' run game because you know this was a wide zone team for the most part this past season, but I feel like from watching it, that wasn't the best fit for some of the talent they had. And, and the talent will change, so maybe they make it a better fit for that if they stick with that scheme. But I feel like some of the best um, plays that they had were when they were getting guys pulling, when they were – pinning on the edge with their receivers like Corey Davis blocked really well. So uh, we'll see how that changes, but um, looking at the Eagles offense last two years, since Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni both came in, how would you say um, it's changed these past two years uh, since they both came in together in 2021? Man, the Eagles run an entirely different scheme uh, to be honest, which there's a quarterback change. That's a big part of that. You have Carson Wentz imploding, and then I don't know what happened to him, but he leaves. Um, it's kind of a mess. And then Doug Peterson gets fired, and the Eagles kind of clean house and start over. And so last season, they started the year as a very pass-happy team, and it did not go well. Jalen Hurts wasn't ready for that. Um, they transitioned to being a very run-heavy team, and they made a run to the playoffs, beating up on really bad teams, to be honest. And then they went and got blown out in the playoffs. And so – it's hard to take a lot out of that year. They kind of swung between two extremes this year. Um, they've still been a really run heavy team. I was looking at the numbers, uh, revisiting like a preseason over under prediction show that I did. And I was surprised to see that the Eagles only throw the ball on 51% of their plays, which is like 27th in the league. But so much of that is using Jalen hurts in the run game. Uh, and they're really quite good at running and passing. They're top five in the league in both categories in terms of EPA. So they very much take an approach on offense of we will do whatever you want us to do to beat you. If you're going to stack the box, we'll throw the ball everywhere. If you're going to play light boxes to put a roof over A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, we'll run the ball. And so people got mad in the Week 18 game because the Eagles didn't run the ball very much. But by my charting and stuff, they they ran so many RPOs and the Giants were just giving them pass looks. They were stacking the box and so the Eagles threw the ball and um, that can be that frustrates fans sometimes that the Eagles offense doesn't dictate more to the defense. But I think they just are really good at seeing what the defense is giving you and yeah, it's letting the defense dictate what you do. But they're so good at both things it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and looking at the Eagles, you know, their personnel, their mold in terms of the roster, if Brian Johnson were to carry over some of the, you know, main aspects of the scheme to another team, obviously, like we've said multiple times, it's going to depend on where he goes, what kind of quarterback they have, and all those things. But um, if he were to carry over some of the main parts of this offense, what do you think are some of the primary things that his new team would need in terms of the roster construction, whether it's the O-line talent, what kind of O-linemen do you need, receivers, tight ends? Uh, how would you want to structure that roster around that offense? Yeah, athletic run, athletic run blocking offensive linemen. And it's not to say they don't pass protect, but they're very good at that too. But athletic movers in the run game is a big thing. Um, explosive back, ideally a back that 
has receiving ability. The Eagles don't really have that. They try to pigeonhole Kenny Gainwell into that, and it doesn't go well. So I think they would like that. They just don't have it. Um, and then they really like to use Dallas Goddard at their tight end. He's a really good inline blocker, and he's a really good route runner. So they use him to kind of create mismatches. Uh, they're not afraid to flex him out in the slot to try to get a linebacker out in space. They're not afraid to bring him in to block down, you know, on a defensive end or kick out block on a defensive end, those sorts of things. So I think those are two of the big pieces. Um, the tight end that can run block can sort of be a move piece for you and that athletic offensive line. And when it comes to creativity in the Eagles offense, this is something that I think Jets fans would love to see more of from the, from the team over the past few years. I mean, the Jets kind of were trying to be creative at times this year, but we, we all know it comes Not down really. to the results on, at man. times. I mean, they, 2021, past, 20, they had Garrett 20. Wilson try to throw in the red zone against the Vikings. That's creative, but it doesn't the work. One. So the one 2021, so, they were a lot more creative. I would say Barrios through the touchdown to Zach. I don't know, but creativity is definitely true. something Jets fans would like to see more of. So looking at the Eagles offense and their creativity, um, how would, how would you say they are in terms of, you know, and it doesn't always have to be trick plays or anything that's, you know, over the top and outside the box, but just general creativity. Um, how would you assess the Eagles offense in that area? I think they do a really good job of pushing the right buttons uh, within their game plan. And it doesn't look like a lot of flashy, you know, trick right. plays. I mentioned earlier the very small menu of plays they have, but they do a good job of adding window dressing on top of all of those uh you know, for example, they played early in the season against the Cowboys, and they kept running this uh, RPO play where they would have a have a re- receiver sort of split zone block. He pulls behind the formation, but he actually just releases out into the flat. And they were doing that to put Micah Parsons in a bind. Their right tackle was hurt. You're not going to block him anyways. So they'd leave him unblocked, and he's got to decide, do I take Jalen Hurts? Or do I go after the receiver? And the Eagles converted a fourth down on that play, and they also scored a touchdown later in the game doing the same thing. You flash forward to like the second Cowboys game. They run a similar play down in the red zone, and they've got Dallas Goddard. The tight end pulls across that formation. Trevon Diggs is responsible for uh, Devonta Smith. And Devonta Smith kind of goes to run this little interference route for Dallas Goddard. Trevon Diggs, who's very aggressive, but he sees this, he's seen this play before, and he dives down on the flat, and Devonta Smith's just wide open in the back of the end zone. Nobody's there. And they do a really good job of sequencing things like that. We've run this play four times. Now we're going to run the exact same look, but it's something different. And so they do a really good job with things like that. One of my favorites they did this year, I mentioned they drafted a rookie center that hasn't hardly played. They put him in uh, in a goal line situation when they were going to QB sneak, and I've never seen this before, but the rookie center lines up on the ball, and then the entire offense, Jason Kelsey was right next to him like at left guard, and the entire offensive line stands up and shifts over one spot and resets, and then they snapped it and snuck behind. So they got two centers. They put them both on the field, and you could just sort of see the chaos in the defensive line trying to realign gaps. So they do some creative things like that. They're not super flashy, uh, but – for, for people that are really dialed into what they're doing, they do such a good job of sequencing plays and doing just enough to keep teams off balance. Yeah, I also saw that, and I don't, you know, maybe this was just a, a Jason Kelsey audible, but I also saw that uh, that QB sneak where it kind of looked like Jason Kelsey just took it himself. I don't know if you saw that where he, uh, where he basically oh. like, he like basically just handed it to Hertz a little bit, but then just took it in across the goal line. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, you talked about their passing concepts and how like, 
you know, they are very simple offense in that way. But the Eagles do, and maybe this is just because of the, the crazy talent they have on, on that side of the ball, do seem to get uh, creative at times, and that's that's exciting. I, the hard thing with Johnson is you don't know exactly what you're getting and how much he's going to bring over. You would imagine and hope that he would bring over a lot of what they've done over the last two years just because of the crazy success that the Eagles have had, especially this year. What would scare you, though, if you're an NFL team or specifically the New York Jets in terms of hiring a guy in Johnson who would be a first-time NFL OC? Like we said, we don't really know what it will look like. And then three, kind of what you were saying earlier about how the Eagles are very simplified with their passing concepts. And look, maybe that is just a um, you know, a thing specifically for Jalen Hurts. Maybe if they brought in a guy like Derek Carr, it would be, look different. Um, but that simplicity works when you have the talent that the Eagles do. And that's not to say the Jets aren't talented, but you know, injuries take their toll and the Jets are out there trotting Braxton Berrios and Jeff Smith at receiver like they did this past year. Maybe those simplified passing concepts don't work. Or maybe they do. I don't know. But how do you what would scare you the most about hiring a guy like Brian Johnson at OC? Or, or do you just buy into the talk that, you know, look, this guy's a rising OC and he's a destined to be a star? Yeah, it's better to be a year late on a or a year early on a guy than a year late because then he's gone. But there's projection that goes into it. Now, I don't think he's pigeonholed into he can only coordinate for a running quarterback because Kyle Trask wasn't that. He only had like right. 120 rushing yards his last two years in college. So I don't think it's we have to go get a mobile quarterback because he's here now, but that's all you've seen him work with at the NFL level. And college and NFL are just entirely different beasts. Um, I've My biggest concern would be that He's stepping out of a infrastructure that was built by a head coach who was an offensive coordinator, uh, an offensive coordinator that's getting head coach calls now in Shane Steichen, and he would be stepping onto a staff where the head coach is defensive-minded, and he would be the offensive coordinator. He's pretty much the guy. So right now he's in an environment where everybody around him is a good offensive mind, and then he would be out on his own. So you would imagine he'll bring a lot of the Eagles concepts with him, um, I think it would be very important for, you know, the Jets. I don't know what I, I do. I know a lot about other teams. I don't know a lot about position coaches for other teams. I'll admit my limitations there. So I don't know what their situation is. And, yeah. I don't know what their situation is at often, you know, wide receiver coach, quarterback coach, things like that. Well, I think they, it fired, would be, they fired most of them for being. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be important for him to probably have, you know, some people there to work with as well um, that are good offensive minds, not just that want to do, their job. I mentioned the Eagles offensive line coach earlier. Like that's all he does. It's offensive line. That's it. I'm not some offensive mastermind, whatever. I'm just going to do that, punch the clock, do my job. And he does a great job at it, but I think it'd be beneficial for him to have, you know, a QB coach. That's an up and coming guy as well, uh, just to help him implement that. But that, and then what's the quarterback situation going to be? Because yeah. if you bring in a play caller, it's the first time he's calling plays and he's saddled with, Zach Wilson, which I don't think is going to be the case, or whatever their quarterback situation. If it's not a good quarterback situation, you know, maybe you get frazzled as a first-time play caller. We certainly saw, you know, Nathaniel Hackett overwhelmed as a head coach this year when things were not going well in his first stop as a head coach. I would hate to see that for Johnson. So, I like I said, I think the offensive weapons are fine outside of quarterback, and the Eagles are not the Eagles. I keep saying the Eagles, the Jets. Green, they've team. got. Yeah, they've got capital and they've got cap this offseason that they can help shore that up. So I think they can put it, uh, put some guardrails up and be in a good place to succeed uh, if they bring him in. But also, just go get Lamar. I would be so excited. Yeah. 
that would be great. Uh, it does. It feels like a pipe dream, but then every you know every week it kind of seems maybe more and more realistic that he could be traded. I do love the idea of pairing Lamar with a guy like Brian Johnson, just because of what we've seen, what he what he's been able to do with a mobile quarterback. But you know, like you said, it wasn't like Kyle Trask was out there running for 500 yards a year or anything like that. Uh, last question for you, Shane. If the Jets hire him and you're a Jets fan, are you excited? Is it a good hire? I think so. Um, so much of uh, so much of the interview process is trying to get ideas from other places as well. Like fans don't sometimes lose track of that. It's like, why are they interviewing this guy? And I'm not saying Brian Johnson's that guy. I think he's got a legitimate shot. But uh, when you bring a candidate in, they're going to give you their best pitch. And their best pitch are the best ideas from the organization that they were at. And so you're trying to gather ideas and things like that as well. But, you know, he's coming from a good system. Uh, the Eagles have a good culture. There's no issues brewing in the locker room. So you know right away if you bring him in, you're bringing in someone who has played a big part in developing a quarterback. So that's a plus if you go get a rookie quarterback or a young guy. Uh, he's going to bring good culture. He's going to bring an effective offense, and he knows how to you know do the window dressing and things. And then it's just can he expand that offense? And can he make it work in a situation where he doesn't have Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So I would be excited about it. Um, and I would definitely want to know what the quarterback is that he's going to be working with. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, you know, I know we, this is the, uh, the Brian Johnson podcast, but it sounds like the Jets are going to go with the vet and then they have Zach Wilson to see, you know, maybe changing up the coach. Can somebody develop him? And maybe a guy like Brian Johnson, you know, we saw what simplifying an offense for Jalen Hurts did. Uh, obviously Jalen Hurts was not nearly as bad as Zach Wilson was his rookie year, but it wasn't like Jalen Hurts came out of the gates um, flying. You know, I, I remember, you know, he only played those those few games in, in 2020, but it's like, you know, I, I, you, know you could tell me it, it wasn't like he came out of the gates and, and looked amazing. I mean, this is a guy who seems like a raw project and got better from year to year. So maybe bringing in a guy like Brian Johnson, um, even if they go the veteran route, can help rehabilitate Zach Wilson's career. I think that would be the thing that that I would be excited about in terms of, of bringing in somebody like that is, you know, can he fix a, a guy like Zach Wilson? Uh, and then what does he do with the veteran quarterback? But obviously, Lamar Jackson uh, and pairing him with Brian Johnson does sound uh, quite exciting. Shane, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, really appreciate uh, you talking to Eagles. Uh, you actually have some playoff games to, to watch. We're quite jealous. I know, actually, you don't have any to watch this weekend, but, you know, looking forward, you got a few. Uh, where where can our listeners uh, follow you? Because obviously you don't just do Eagle stuff. You do talk about the draft. You talk about the X's and O's. I'm always looking for for smart NFL minds to follow on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I know I gave it out at the beginning, but where can our, our listeners find you and where can they uh, find your stuff? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. Uh, 90% of what I tweet is Eagles related, but I try to hit the big stuff for the NFL as a whole as well. I'm on YouTube at Shane Half NFL. Uh, my podcast Chalk Talk that comes out every week is on there. It's a NFL wide podcast with an Eagles focus. So uh, my co-host and I we spend like the first 20 25 minutes talking about the Eagles game, uh, and then we spend about an hour going through every other game on the slate, talking about what happened, those sorts of things. Our last episode that we recorded uh, this week, we named it "Fixing Your Franchise," and we went through each of the teams that missed the playoffs giving them like three bullet points for the off season, what you needed to do to fix your franchise. So we talked about little, the Jets. A little preview on the Jets. Yeah, a little preview on the Jets. I mean, and I don't want to give your video away, but how did you, do you remember what you uh, kind of were you thinking about what the Jets need to do to fix their franchise? 
Yeah, so I took the NFC teams and my co-host uh, took the AFC. And I, I'm trying to remember what his bullet points were. I'm pretty sure, obviously, the quarterback position was on there. Uh, we taught he's big into coaching carousel, so he talked several names for uh, offensive coordinator because obviously the LaFleur news was coming out. But then it kind of was walked back, so we didn't know for sure what was happening there. So uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but not a ton. So, yeah, it was mostly QB talk, and I think we got a little bit of O-line talk in there as well. But, yeah, we, we've got that comes out every week. Um, once the season is over, you know, we do the creative content creation stuff you do in the offseason. Last year we did draft stuff on there. We went through every position and gave our top five guys at each position in an episode. So they were like, our shows, top five quarterbacks, our show, top five running backs, whatever. I believe have, this did year. You have sauce? Did you have Sauce as your best corner and Garrett Wilson as your best receiver? My entire opinion of you hinges on this, Shane. You know, I can I can tell. Sauce was my number two corner, but he was the number four oh. overall player on okay. my board. So uh, I, I actually have, I still have my spreadsheet. I think, I don't remember where I, uh, I know Garrett Wilson wasn't my number one. Traylon Burks was. I was infatuated with Traylon Burks. So funny, uh, funny Eagles little bit of thing here is, when Traylon Burks, I comped him to A.J. Brown. Right. And when he slid to number 18, I was so excited on our live draft show because I just knew the Eagles were going to draft him, and they traded out of the pick, and I was so upset for like 30 seconds until I realized they traded for A.J. Brown. So <laughs> then, then I was pretty stoked about that again. But, yeah, uh, Sauce Gardner, was he was the number five player on my board, but I had him behind Derek's. Oh no! By the by, the draft uh, he was my CB one. I had Derek Stingley go. down at okay. six. Can't when we did the show, when we did the first show in February, I had Stingley first, but I flipped That's okay. it by the draft. That's a, we were gonna have to delete this entire episode if you had Sauce as your number two corner. Yeah. So we do, we do a lot of draft stuff this year. I think the draft stuff is gonna be on the BGN radio feed instead of my Chalk Talk feed. Um, so you can go check it out. I'm sure we'll talk some about like Eagles fits for these players because it is an Eagles podcast, but we'll go through each position with those. And then on my YouTube, I'll have like breakdowns in the lead up to the draft. I'm planning to do like two minute videos for each of like my top 100 guys so I can tweet them out like as they get drafted. So uh, you can follow that along. I do a ton of all 22 content on my YouTube, but it's all Eagles centric. So I try to teach the game so you could learn something if you just want to watch the X's and O's, but it is all the focus is on the Eagles. So, uh, but you can check out all that stuff. I got a lot of stuff going on. I am excited to take a breath this weekend and just watch some football uh, instead of work my way through the football. Yeah, no, I, uh, well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say I'm excited about it. I'm more sad about it to have to watch Geno Smith in the playoffs and Skylar Thompson and uh, what could have been this season. But Shane, if if the Jets hire Brian Johnson, I'm sure I'll be uh, checking out a lot of your Eagles content, trying to get a, a better grasp on what that offense looks like. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, everybody, let us know what you think. Brian Johnson is an OC candidate. You know, maybe doesn't fit the mold as a veteran with experience, but certainly fits the mold of an exciting up and coming prospect. You know, just because they moved on from the floor doesn't eliminate them from going after a guy like this, especially if they really believe in him. So let us know what you think. Tweet us at CYJPod with your thoughts. Comment in the YouTube comments below. Uh, very interested to hear what, what everybody thinks about Brian Johnson. So with that said, Shane, thank you so much. Michael, I'll see you. You know, we'll, we'll be doing like 10 more of these. Uh, so, yeah, Brian Johnson, future OC of, of the New York Jets. Let us know.